Hi, welcome to Not All Lawyers Have Law Degrees and lots of other things that we found out about becoming a lawyer and the people that do. Hi, I'm Ella and I work in the BBC Children's Business Affairs team. All of us on the podcast work in-house at the BBC, but we all have really different jobs. I mainly work with contracts relating to programmes, Kush is all over competition and regulatory issues, and Bridget works in data protection. As we found out when we spoke to apprentice Teagan Williams, who works at Seven Trent Water, there are many in-house legal teams in organisations all across the UK, but the jobs aren't always that visible. We wanted to talk more about in-house roles and how you find them, so I spoke to Sonia Jande, who is a senior legal counsel at Aviva Investors, an investment company in the Aviva Group based in Norwich. So like my day to day is contracting newly commissioned children's programs and negotiating similar to what probably you do with independent producers and rights and finances for a program. And every day is something new and I get to meet a lot of people in the media industry, which is a huge bonus and I love it. What does your day to day look like? Uh, Day to day can vary, I suppose, depending on the transactions that I'm dealing with. So I'm working on property portfolios, sort of out of town offices, leisure parks, retail parks and so depending on the tenant and depending on the timing for example during covid everything was rush 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 to try and get um things documented before uh tenants went into cvas or administration so that has been really really busy but sort of generally day to day it's it's looking at what is my most urgent obviously emails and then just sort of getting my head down, getting some drafting done and getting back to lawyers on the other side before I'm chased. Yeah. yeah. How long do you usually work across a contract for when you have it? It could be anything from a couple of weeks, a week to two weeks. I've had some things sitting on my desk and on my floor for about uh, five, six months, possibly, just because they just get so complex. So it takes a time. Do you, do you work in quite a big team with lots of people or is it a smaller team? We are a team of just over 20. Um, and so you're, we're working sort of two or three of us are on a specific portfolio. Um, but the transactions, m- the majority of the time are individual. So it's us, paperwork, and then the lawyer on the other side. Do you enjoy the work that you're doing? You know, it's quite different from what you'd expect um, in a law firm. You know, is that a good, bad thing? I love my work. <laughs> that's so lovely yeah, to hear I'm glad. I'm glad I think um one of the things I thought when I moved in house is that I would be here a couple of years you'd get your experience and then you move on it's kind of like I don't know if it's like the London thing you get experience you move and then you get experience somewhere else until you kind of you know what you want to know and you then you decide what you want to do with your career it's been oh gosh last week it was I've been here 16, over 16 years. I never thought I'd be here this long. Um, but the client, we have one client, the client and all the fund managers and asset managers are just amazing. They know their job. They know what they want. And when you've worked with a client that long, you know what they're going to say before you even approach them. So you, It's nice yeah, to have that relationship. Yeah, really, really nice. And then on the other side of my transactions, I've got partners. So it's work that really... Um, makes me think it's not standard sort of every day is the same I'll have every transaction is different 
So yeah. I like that. Yeah. And you mentioned before you work quite a lot with landlords and tenants. Yes. So that's quite a lot of contract law. But yeah. are there other areas of law that you kind of dip in and out of or is that kind of the main one? So it's landlord and tenant mainly is the majority of my time, but I also lead on ESG for of your investors. Uh, what's ESG? So environmental social governance. Um, so I am also leading, uh, for example, a lot of the environmental reporting that we would have to do for all the assets that we need to report on. I have oversight on that, making sure that's done, covering off any risks and picking up problems and issues and kind of pulling everyone together really to get that done. So I think that's such a positive out of working in in-house you are like a cog in the mm, business aren't you mm. you are essential to them uh, whereas you know if you're in a, if you're in a law firm you you are the main cog whereas in a business you're part of a larger a larger system yeah. altogether and it's 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 really great to see how you impact that I, I find that definitely in my work. Yeah, there's so many parts of the business that you could probably just your experience would help and when they come to legal, they want either advice, assistance or help to fix a problem. Obviously, it must be that most firms have legal teams. So I'm thinking, you know, you've got Coca-Cola and the like of Cadbury's and you just don't you don't associate them with legal work, mm. but they must have an in-house legal team. Absolutely. So why, why Aviva? Why did you choose Aviva? It's a really funny story. So I knew I wanted to go in-house at some point in my career. I thought kind of when you get to about seven, eight years PQE, I thought I'll I'll know what I know from private practice. I'll have that background um, and experience and then I will go in-house. But the agent that would get me the job, sort of my, my previous job and got me the one that I was in at the time, phoned me up out of the blue one day, said, I've got an opportunity and I know you want to go in-house kind of at some point in your career, but I think this is perfect for you. My family's from Norfolk. I grew up in Norfolk and at the time I was working in London and he said, it's a blue chip company. They need a lawyer, really kind of top in-house team. They need a lawyer and I think you'll really fit in. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go for an, an, an interview. That's before he even told me it was Norwich and he said it's Norwich Union and I just laughed and I thought, okay, that's fine. Because at the time <laughs> I was travelling back home every weekend. So it made sense that I'd just come for an interview here. At the same time, I had interviews with a couple of the panel for private practice firms here as well. I got a job offer from one of those and I also got a job offer from Aviva. But what threw it from me was the fact that with Aviva, I could put my name down for a parking space right outside the office oh, well there you go then Sold. and it was right in the city center next to all the shops and the new shopping center so I was just like okay more salary private practice parking space next to the shop city center I think I'm going for this one <laughs> and that's what's going it for me I was just like it sounds really silly but it's probably the best decision I made no I completely agree and I am also quite possessive over my parking <laughs> space I'm not sure if that's the right word but you know that I think it's a huge benefit especially if you're not used to it and then you suddenly get it it's a huge it bonus, is when isn't I it? told it my really head is. off I said the only thing that swung it for me was the fact that you've got Zara and Jones in the shopping center he went oh so it's not the quality of work <laughs> or my team that did it for you oh, no. Said, no not quite <laughs> no it's just the shopping facilities yeah. nearby yeah and uh, I was looking at the other day and yeah, solicitor stats show that there's actually more women in-house. And perhaps this is because it's better for people with more care and mm. responsibilities. You know, sometimes there's a bit more yeah. flexibility. 
Do you, do you find that? Do you think your job is more family friendly? Absolutely. So I care for my parents and I can work around certain things. And it, I think it is, it's a lot easier in house than it would be in private practice. You can make up the time. Um, and like I said, the team is really, really great. So anyone has a problem or they need help, you just put your hand up and anyone's willing to kind of just get stuck in. What are your hours like? Do you, do you work quite long hours? I do. Um, and depending on sort of the workload and which transaction I'm working on, that can get really busy as well. So, hours could be anything so your career path were you always one of these people that wanted to be a lawyer or it was a choice between a doctor and a lawyer from very young um and then I think my brother cut his knee and I decided a doctor wasn't for me so it was going to be law (laughs) was that the blood (laughs) it's always a big factor of being a doctor I think it's important you've got to that was it so it was a lawyer from a very very young age you started as a legal secretary right yeah it's, it's really complicated. So I left sixth form with my A-levels. And at the time, I thought, I don't know what to do. It's sort of university, didn't want to travel too far. So I thought this gives me a year or a couple of years. I know it's law that I want to do, but I will get the foundation in sort of typing and all of that. I did my one year legal secretarial course. And then as part of that in the summer, we would get work experience. And I started work in the local council. So I started kind of probably the week after I broke up and then it was due to go, I was due to go back in September, but my boss at the time, she was amazing. And I probably would say like my first mentor, she's like, Sonia, you don't need to go back. Um, We really want you to stay and work with us. You get on so well with the team. The work is brilliant. So how can we keep you on? if that's something you want to do. And I said, explain to them, look, I'm doing the legal secretarial course. And as a part of that, I had the opportunity to study ILEX. And so they were like, no, that's fine. What we're going to do is we'll give you a sponsorship. Um, We'll pay for your ILEX. You can do it kind of college hours as long as you carry on working with us. And it kind of went from there. I listened to a podcast that you were on a couple of years ago and you mentioned ILEX. And at first I thought maybe you'd missed off the C and meant Silex. Because I've never actually heard of Ilex, um, but then I did a little Google and turns out it's not just a typo no. <laughs> or a misspelling. So it was in the olden days, should I say, it was Ilex, wasn't it? Institute Legal Executives. And then when you qualified, you're a fellow. So I, I did that route. Now it's Silex, isn't it? Yeah. What was kind of your next step? Once you'd qualified, where did you go from there? So I qualified and um, by that time I'd moved to London and I was working full time and studying in the evenings, um, which was fine. I was getting some experience as part of the day job. And as the day job, I was doing legal secretarial because that paid that paid for me and that paid for my study. Because once I moved away, um, I was paying for it all myself anyway. So that worked. And then I started working as a paralegal. So I started getting my experience, which I think worked out for me really well. Um, doing secretarial and then becoming a paralegal there and then becoming a fee earner and um, qualifying. So I knew I wanted to become a solicitor. And I think that's probably the one of the best things I did is just to have this, the opportunity to work alongside studying and not have to worry about finding a training contract, all those applications, 
um, having that experience by the time that my qualification came through. Yeah. But did you find it difficult with your workload and the hours? I did. I think that's what made it easier in terms of secretarial because, yes, you would do a few late nights, but you do have quite a reasonable working day. And that meant I could go to college in the evenings, come home, do what I need to do, and then study for a few hours. Then I'd get up in the morning. I'd probably go to bed about two, get up really silly hours like five o'clock do a couple of hours before work and then head into work um and and it worked for a while and it what what I thought was it's not forever and the same thing when I did the LPC um I had the choice of doing it part-time over two years or doing it full-time over nine months and I again I was still working and I thought you know what Nine months isn't a long time at all. If people can have a baby, I can do the LPC in that time <laughs> and carry on working. So I went. I love how you've compared them. <laughs> I worked part time and I went to college every day and it worked because my study hours were set. So every afternoon I would be in college. In the mornings I'd be at work, take the train across London, get to college, um, do the LPC kind of lessons in the afternoon and then the evenings. Um, catch up on what I need to do. Saturdays would be my day off and Sundays would be a homework day. Yeah, that's super impressive. You're obviously really dedicated to it. And I'm currently studying at the same time yeah. as working full time. So I, I completely understand your pain. Yeah. It is really difficult, but you think it isn't forever. No. And, you know, at the end of it, it's, uh, it's going to be so worth it and you're going to be really proud of yourself. Absolutely. So, you know, that's kind of quite inspiring for me. That kind of keeps me going because, uh, you know, after I've done my exams, I'm like, oh, no more. And then I know I've got another eight. So, oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned that you kind of got uh, told about your job for Aviva and you went for it. But do you think it's quite easy to find in-house legal jobs? Because that's not the first thing people think about. I think it depends also on who you know. So if you have, and one thing that's really important uh, sort of in the legal world is to have a network. So your network now would be the people that you're studying with because they're all going to qualify and they're all going to qualify in different places. So as jobs come up and you will stay in touch with a few of them, they will tell you, they'll be like, okay, do you know what? This opportunity has come up and you would be perfect for it. How about kind of just going for an interview or getting in touch with that person? And it might also be the people that you work with on the other side of a transaction, people that you meet. It's those networking events and they are really, really important. And I kind of... I didn't really pay attention to that, I suppose, after I qualified and once I'd moved in house because I thought I'm here. I like what I do. But I find as you speak to kind of the younger generation and I'm mentoring quite a bit now, I'm finding that that is something that some people just don't even think of. That's that's one way to find out what's happening and to get jobs and being in house. When people know you're in house, they come to you a lot and say, actually, how did you get your job and how do you find it? And if I make that move from private practice, is it going to be like the bad move or is it something that you would recommend? So you do get approached quite often to kind of just find to get an insight, to get an insight, really. And there's agencies that would um, work specifically for in-house. LinkedIn, there's a lot of opportunities. And I think, again, having a LinkedIn profile is really important. I was just about to ask you about LinkedIn, actually. Do, are you an advocate I am. for it? I probably don't use it as much as I should do, um, just because of work 
and kind of when I get time to have a look. But yes, absolutely. Have your profile, put your interests up. And even as a junior lawyer or someone trying to get in, put things that you've done on there and interests and sort of articles that you read, because it just builds up your profile and people get to know you, get to know how you are, get to know your interests and kind of what things you've worked on. But it's keeping in touch as well with your network. I was speaking to Kush the other day. So Kush is another presenter mm. on these podcasts. And he said he uh, he worked in a law firm for a while. And he actually received training on how to network, you know, how to stand, how to talk to people. And I did not know this was a thing. So obviously, I've immediately asked him yeah. for a session <laughs> on him teaching me how to do it because I have no idea. But have you had anything similar? No, not in-house you don't. But I think as uh, in a law firm, you would have to do, uh, at some point in your career, you're going to be working on business development and bringing in clients. And so that is really important, the networking aspect. And But no, I'd already moved in-house before that opportunity came yeah, up. Well, maybe, maybe we both need to drop I think line so. In. <laughs> yeah, I found that um, kind of a couple of the networks that I joined, like an Asian Women's Network and the Women's Network, they're really good for things like confidence sessions and um, imposter syndrome and they talk about things like that and it's really useful and networking um, that for me has helped in-house because obviously I'm not having that that training but it's also talking to other people who may not be in law um, especially in Aviva it would be other parts of the business but you're all feeling the same thing so it's not necessarily just because you're in-house that you don't get that opportunity you have to kind of look elsewhere yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask you a little bit about pro bono work, actually. Um, I was reading you, you do some for law works, is that right? Yes, yeah. So it's work that's not chargeable, but where we're lending our experiences to kind of people that need it. So law works is a charity that helps out and kind of collates work from smaller companies, smaller charities that sometimes need just a little bit of legal advice. And it can be employment law, it can be contract law, it can be property, sort of commercial property, it can be anything, but um, it brings together solicitors from a host of companies, um, law firms all together. And these opportunities, well, I say opportunities, but these roles come up and someone will say, so looking for a lawyer with commercial property experience, this charity um, needs to open a little sort of shop premises on this high street. They need help with their lease or it could be this um, small business needs um, employment law help. And so you look for um, work within your speciality and pick up a pick up a transaction. You'll get to speak to the charity, help them out, do the paperwork and then sort of hand it back. But it's all sort of organized in an organized way. So it's really useful to kind of, again, to build on your experience, but also give back to the community because those companies and charities, they can't pay for the work. And so it, it just it's just making a difference. And just something I wanted to touch on, which you mentioned before, when you said you were thinking about in-house, you were kind of weighing up the advantages and disadvantages and you were saying, well, car parking space <laughs> yeah. and, or, you know, a law firm and a better salary. Do you find that, this, it's made such a huge difference because a lot of people, when they make their decision about going to law, they consider their salary. Mm. You know, they, they go into a law firm because they want to be on that 
big box basically but do you do you think it's it's sometimes worth it you know some the stress of perhaps working in a law firm or doing that sort of work I think there's a couple of factors that would come into it one is depending where you are in your career so for me the biggest thing that helped me was actually qualifying and working in private practice first because I got a really good foundation and training and sort of the way I do things I find that my training and sort of my previous kind of boss and everything she drummed things into me a certain way and even now like my files are dead straight and my post-it notes on the side I know what I need to do but just just not even that it's just kind of the the training the actual knowledge aspect is really really it's brilliant in in private practice sometimes in-house you don't get that because it's budgets or it could just be you're looking and working with the business so anything could come your way not necessarily something that you may have experience in so if you move in house kind of really early on it's going to be quite hard to find your feet whereas moving in kind of and I moved in really early I mean I still moved in sort of like one and a half years post-qualification so it's not that I wasn't really that experienced but I had that grounding and that helped me I was confident in certain areas of law and that helped me a lot and that one thing I always kind of said to my old boss was I really don't understand how some people are really really confident as a junior you look up and you think wow I just don't want to be like that lawyer and she always (laughs) said to me she goes it just comes with experience and I was like, yeah. okay, fine. And now... I've been told yeah, that a few times. And you just think, oh, yeah, they're just saying something because they haven't got an answer. But now I look back and I think, actually, do you know what? That's right. Because now I'm a different person. I'm a different lawyer to how I was even 10 years ago. And I say it 20 years ago. So um, you, it, it does come with experience. It gives you that confidence. and But it's always being open to speaking out as well and asking for help if you need it. A lot of people do go into a new job in-house or law firm especially in law and be like wow you know like they kind of like take a step back and be like okay this is a lot because it is a lot and it is that sort of job but it does come with experience Mm. and it is just you just gotta learn on the job and I found that in mine as well you know I'm so much more confident now than I was five years ago when I first started and another 10 years down the line and I'm sure I'll be more confident again absolutely absolutely there's some things that law in your day job that law will not prepare you for when I was working on a um, research and development park I got into work one day and um, rats had eaten through all the internet cables so how do you deal with that as a lawyer it's like (laughs) no textbook (laughs) teaches you that does it no so it was kind of again it was landlord and tenant because it affected the way the business the tenants were working and so you have to kind of speak to them and pick it up but again it's every day is different I can just imagine the chaos absolutely Sonia if if you had to give advice to somebody who really wanted to get into an in-house role or your job in particular what would you say to them what would be like your three top things of how they can do it reach out to somebody that's already in the role even me sort of message me on linkedin is, is that you putting yes. your email out there? <laughs> message me on linkedin um but yeah reach out to somebody who's already in that role ask them how they find it ask them what the work is like um ask them kind of anything you want to really because before you make that move you want as much information as possible reach out to any agencies you think will 
uh, recruit into that area or in-house roles and perhaps speak to them. But also the last thing I would say then is be prepared to not just do, so I work in commercial property, but be open to kind of just learning and picking up anything for the business. When we're working in-house, we're working with the business and for the business. When you're working in private practice, you're just working for the client and you're doing that one thing. But here you're kind of advising and helping them make that decision and kind of giving that strategic advice. So just be confident. If you're you're going to make that move in-house, be confident in your abilities and just, yeah, just go for it. That was Sonia Jande and I'm here with Bridget. Bridget, Sonia said that when you work in-house, you have to be open to picking up anything for the business, chipping in to help, being a cog in the wheels, that sort of thing. Have you found that, is that your experience or do you think it's a bit different? No, totally. I think you have to really muck in and be be as practical and as kind of pragmatic in the advice you give because you, you know, you know the demands of the business, you know, kind of who needs what and what the priorities are on any given day. And yeah, you kind of, it's a bit, you know, you have to kind of muck in. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I actually really enjoy that. I like being part of that family and having different teams to work with. And, you know, we're all kind of working together towards this end piece. And when you see that result, so for me, it's like seeing a program go out that I've worked on I'm like you know that's that's a great feeling it really is that must be really cool seeing that kind of tangible output when you're in-house you really are kind of part of the process the whole way through and yeah you're part of the part of BBC output it's very cool yeah that's it but not actually many of my friends watch CBBS or CBC so well I would hope you know, I would hope I do, your I friends do try and get them yeah. to watch it but it's not always <laughs> happening <laughs> no but that is cool I mean I think the other thing that I love about being in-house is that you get to work with people with lots of different skill sets and backgrounds I mean obviously for us at the BBC we get to work with you know content uh, creators producers journalists Uh, you know, people who are designers and engineers and it's a really varied place to work, which I think is cool. You know, when you go to university, you might just sit with law students who have a particular skill set and are strong at certain things, maybe not at others. Um, But when you're in-house, an organisation needs all kinds of people, right, to work effectively and they'll all be your client. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. I mean, you must feel like that in in children's because I imagine there's you know, people in editorial policy and they're safeguarding as well as all the content creators. Yeah, there's so many teams. Yeah. You know, there is so much going on and that's kind of one of the loves of in-house for me. No, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it doesn't matter where you decide. If you decide to go in-house, it doesn't really matter where you decide to go in-house, but it can often dovetail with your own interests. So, you know, I work predominantly in data protection and FOI law and you could do that in a lot of different organizations and it would be really interesting. But for me, I really love the media. And so that's why I chose the BBC. It's why I applied to the BBC. So I think if someone, you know, is a lawyer, let's say they, they, they're specializing in a particular area, but they also, you know, I don't know, they love football. You can go and work for a football, you know, a football federation or a club. There are so many different avenues where you can, as an in-house lawyer, tie your professional interests being a lawyer to some of your personal interests and kind of get a bit of the best of both worlds which is nice 
And touching on pay, I mean, they always say in-house does not pay as well as your private firm. But sometimes your positives outweigh your negatives because, you know, you're thinking about wanting a bit more flexible working and you don't want those really long, stressful days that most people do associate with a private law firm. You know, sometimes a lower wage, a lower salary actually, out, you know, is outweighed by the positive aspect of having that flexibility and that time. The work-life balance. I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think it's good to be honest, you know, for us to be honest about that, that that is true, right? That the salaries may be lower, but it's about, yeah, cost benefit analysis, what is important to somebody in, in their life and at a particular time in your life, you know, I think it's also, you know, it's maybe really obvious, but important for us to say, you know, you can come in and out of whether it's in-house or private practice, you know, we certainly have a lot of our colleagues and particularly some of the heads of legal teams who have been in private practice for many years and come in-house perhaps later in their careers because they have different priorities or the work of the BBC kind of draws them in. And similarly, we have a lot of colleagues who work at the BBC and go on to private practice in specialist areas. So I think there's, you know, it's more fluid maybe than it used to be, um, which is great. Yeah, I have friends that are in private practice and they're like, you know, we're in our 20s, we should work really hard. It doesn't matter if we're doing really long days, you know, because then when we're in our 30s, we'll be absolutely secure. I said, what? why are you looking at it like that? To me, that's yeah. that's not like, that's my worst nightmare. I want to be able to spend my evenings doing things. I want to be able to yeah. go away at the weekend, you know. I am young. I should be able to go and have fun. Like, why totally. I'm not working my whole evening away Sometimes I do, but it's not yeah. every day, you know, and yeah. it, I think it does depend completely on your mindset and what suits you. Definitely. Your priorities and your personality. Yeah, I'm the same. I want to go out too. <laughs> Coming up next on the podcast, we have possibly the most helpful and important episode. Rihanna Papon of Rare Recruitment is coming on to tell us what information should be put on a CV or application, plus what to do and not to do in interviews. So if you think you may be applying for a job anytime soon, keep listening. In the meantime, don't miss out on any of our episodes, which are on Apple, Spotify and Acast. Make sure you like, leave a review and subscribe. And you can find us on Instagram. Just search Not All Lawyers Pod and use the hashtag Not All Lawyers. This has been Not All Lawyers Have Law Degrees from the BBC Legal Team. <laughs>